Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. And welcome to Jazzy Conversations. I'm Teef. And I'm Gigi. And we're excited to be here. Listen, thanks for checking in. Welcome to Jazzy Conversations. I'm Teef. And I'm Gigi. That's my girl. Hey. And we are back. Let's, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's do it, G. And listen, I'm excited about today. Yeah. Amazing guest. Uh, now, listen, This the unique part is I've never met him, mm-hmm, never mm-hmm. spoke to him. Right, right. He doesn't know us. Yes. He's seen the show. Yeah. Um, our connect was like, listen, this is the person that we would love to have on your podcast. Mm-hmm. He would like to be on your podcast. I think you guys would love to have him on your podcast. They gave me a little background on him, and I was like, of course. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Pastor yeah. Abraham Hernandez, Pastor, yeah. right? I think he... Pastor yeah. or Reverend, I think you go by Reverend, I'm yes. not sure. Yeah. So uh Reverend, Pastor. We'll get Bishop. it right. We'll, yeah, we'll get, get it right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but very uh, a lot of respect for him. Yes. But before we talk about him. Sure. I know you got something for me, T. <laughs> what you cooked up this week. Now listen, I want you to think about this because I thought about it when I pulled up. I said, you know, we have a pastor coming on today. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. switch it up a little bit. All right. Hmm. You ready? Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna start out like this. I want you to tell me. Uh-huh. Your favorite three characters, you can say characters, uh-huh. or stories in the Bible. I knew you were, I knew that's what three you Three or five. I, no, God, I'll give you five. Okay. Five, let's do five. Right, five characters or stories in the Bible that you enjoy. Okay. You know, because Gigi, in case you guys don't know, go, go to ahead, church see. every Sunday. Yes, I do. I don't She's miss. a church girl. <laughs> Watch this, G. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Look at him rolling his eyes. I'm a I'm a Jesus freak. I don't she, care. She is. Probably what what you what you want. <laughs> All right, so I can do that. Yes, absolutely. On that for sure. Um, so my my favorite five characters or stories in the Bible. Either or. Off the rip, my very first, no, my 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 famous, my most adored story in the Bible okay. is Esther. Oh, I, love I love the story of Queen Esther. For those of you who don't know, it's 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 for for the secular world, you could consider that a rags to riches, right? But in in the spiritual realm, it's like somebody that had nothing, <laughs> had nothing, and and ended up with much. But more importantly, she was able to to gain influence. So I, I love the story of Esther. I, I love what she was able to do. That God positioned her. Now, have you ever heard the saying, "For such a time as this"? Mm-hmm. That's from uh, Queen Esther. Um, so I love that story. That's my favorite story. I, I won't it. expound on all the others quite with quite as much detail. Um, I also really love the story of Ruth. Um, that that story speaks to my heart. Just as it's about just commitment and relationships. So that's another uh, one of mine. You can expand um, if you want. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to make sure that I get I get five in, and then I'll come back okay. and touch um, another of my favorite. I mean, it's it's hard not to love David in the Bible, King David. I, I, I mean, that that's just a tried and true. I mean, this is somebody that went through all the things that you could imagine: being betrayed, being loved, then being betrayed, right. um, messing up when you when you're at your highest, um, failing before God, and then really just being uh, vindicated. All these things that happened with David and that no matter what, David had a heart of worship. I love it. And that's I love what it. I love about David. I'm a worshiper. Uh, so, I so am G, a worshiper. let's just, I want you to finish. Yeah. So David, let's put him up 
where we don't add him in because we both love David. Ah, so, he'll be, so he's so like he's our, not uh, even on the list. Michael Jackson, he, he, Whitney Houston. He's, he's not, not on the list. He's not on the list. All, all right. the way up at the side. Yes. yes, David is so there. So give me three others. All right, so three others. Let's see. Um, in the Bible, I love the story of um, Elisha. So I love how Elisha was was seeking after Elijah in the Bible. And Elijah was the prophet that was known and that went up against Jezebel. Mm -hmm. um, but then when he was called up, Elisha said, I want a double portion. And I love that sort of oh. boldness to go before God and say, I want double what 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 this one had. I love it. And so I love that story of Elijah, Elisha. And so he did end up with double the influence and impact in terms of being a prophet. So I love that story in the Bible. Um, I also really love, let's see, there's, a, I, I named that my women of the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, I love the story of Oh man, let me think. Today, Gigi. Today, today. Oh, you, you know I could, I could, I could list lots. Um, another story. That's the thing. You give you church people a microphone and y'all gone. You, we, we are. We, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll take it and we'll go with it. I love. There, there's a parable that so it's it's not a real character. It's not a person that walked and lived, but it's the the, the parable of the man that had to go after and and get his bride from from the streets. So there's a there's a parable that Jesus told about the man. He said, Well, I want you to go. I want you to marry. Um, marry the, the the prostitute, and Rahab. he, he married. Yeah, so it is real. I'm Rahab. sorry. Rahab. Yeah, so he had to marry Rahab, That's one of my favorite. and then but but then to like buy her back. And so what that what that does to us in terms of explaining to what what Jesus did for us that we we had to purchase us back. We go out and we act a fool. You know, we prostitute ourselves be, be, before other mm -hmm. desires and and mm -hmm. likes and wants and and idols, but. God actually buys us back. Ooh, and so that. I just love that story uh, in the Bible it. as well. It. Speaks love to my it. heart. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Was that, the, was that five? I think so. I think Did I give you five? five? I think no, I did. That's five because you will go on with 10, 12, 13. You know, I, I, I will. <laughs> it was the first thing. First. <laughs> First seventeen books. Well, well, I have to. Wait, I have to go back. I mean, you said that David is a stand. He, yes, David's a David's given. Well, of course, yeah. my favorite person character in the Bible is Jesus. So oh, I love it. Love that it, love is it. that is also um, he's number one, the yeah. king of my heart. So. You know, Sweet this week we have a podcast. You gave me a platform. I love to talk about God. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. All right, my five. How much time we got? I know. Oh, let's go. Listen, don't let the, this man, he jokes around. This man studies his word. So, so of course, I'm, I'm run through mine, but um, Abraham. Yeah. 100% love the story. Mm -hmm. um, easy. I love the relationship. Mm -hmm. Very, very important between David and Jonathan. Jonathan and yes. David. Yes. That, that one touched me. Brothers yes. bonded together. Yeah. Loyalty. That's mm -hmm. why I love that story. Mm -hmm. Even though he's dead and gone, David still remembers mm -hmm. the relationship. That 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 for me is yeah. Um, So that's two together. My next story, of course, I love, and I, we've spoken about this, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. That's one story we together. We did talk about that. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite. So that's three. Um. My fourth, because I said King David is way up there, is Joshua. Mm -hmm. How he felt it was his responsibility yes. to take care of Mo, uh, Moses' uh, personal being, mm -hmm. uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, in every way. Yeah. And I love that. He was loyal. I, I just love that. I he was loyal. He loves stories of our loyalty. Yeah, that's my man. I yeah. rock with I love that. In my world, that's my man. I hold you down. So. Yeah. Um, and my favorite, probably, honestly, well, I got two. I'm going to cheat on this one. Mm -hmm. 
Simon Peter, of course, ah, because this is just, yeah. Simon Peter is, let's just say I like that. He's, yeah. he's sometimes he's Simon, sometimes he's Peter, and he calls mm -hmm, him back, and, mm -hmm. and it happens. But my favorite <laughs> of all of them, that you have a character after Esther, would be Barnabas. Oh. And a lot of people don't know about Barnabas, mm -hmm. but Barnabas for me is, I, I feel like, a personal character I have, mm -hmm. meaning he was a connector. Mm -hmm. We talked you know, about this. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, Paul went to him and the disciples did not trust Paul, you know, Apostle Paul at that mm -hmm. time because he was mm -hmm. Saul. That's right. And uh, he was like, listen, tr do you trust me? We trust you, but we don't trust him. And that in my life, I've been a connector for a Putting lot of friends yeah. over the years, as you know. And it is what it is. That is beautiful. But yes. moving forward, we are about to talk to Reverend Abraham Hernandez. You see, we had to set the tone for y'all. Let's set the tone. You guys ready? <laughs> I hope you're ready. Here we go. Welcome to Jazzy Conversations. I'm Teef. And I'm Gigi. And today we have Pastor Abraham Hernandez. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, what a blessing it is to be with you today. Yes, oh, thank you. So, we're so excited to have you. I, I mean, Gigi and I have been talking about this. Yes, we have. Uh, for some time. And, and here's, here's the unique thing. Neither one of us know you. We know your history, know your background. So we're very excited. Uh, you and I have a connection. And the connection said, listen, you want to have this person on your podcast. This person would love to be on your podcast. And so we're very excited to have you. Yes. And uh, we just want to go through the process and ask you a few questions. Is that okay? Perfect. Sure. Perfect. Ready for it. All right. All right. So um, can you tell us your background? Tell us uh, where you're from, your background, family background. Yeah, well, I, uh, I was born and raised in, in the wonderful city of New Haven, Connecticut. All right. All right. Elm City. Humble beginnings. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, the fifth out of six kids. Uh, parents migrated from Puerto Rico uh, in the late '60s to Brooklyn, and they said, "You know what? I don't really want to raise your kids here." So we moved to New Haven. Okay. Uh, older sisters were born and raised in Brooklyn, and the four boys, the last four guys, were all born here in, in Elm City. Wow. Okay. That's that's very similar to my own story, Pastor Hernandez. My my parents are immigrants. They came over, went to Brooklyn, and said, mm, "This is not where we want to raise our family," <laughs> and came here to New Haven. <laughs> exactly that story, and that resonates. We have something in common. We do. I love that. <laughs> now, in, in regards to your, I, I hear so much about your your parents' legacy. In regards to your mom and dad, and definitely your father's legacy, can you give us a little background on that? Well, what's interesting is my dad. Uh, Got married my my mom in uh, Puerto Rico. He was working in the sugar canes, okay, in the fields. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom says that one day he uh, threw down the machete. He says, "You know, I want to get a better life." That's it. Mm -hmm. So he came over to the mainland, and uh, in Fairhaven, we were raised in an area called Fairhaven. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting that when they arrived, uh, there were very few Latinos, very little Latinos. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was. There were tough conditions, uh, mostly uh, Irish, Italians, and so forth. And they share that uh, when they got here, uh, there's folks that were sometimes looking for apartments and they would see signs on the doors mm -hmm. or uh, on the windows that would say, you know, no dogs, no dogs, no, no, no Puerto Ricans. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was hard for families to find a place for them to, uh, to establish the roots. And mm -hmm. we ended up in Fairhaven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the early 70s, my dad then uh, was called to pastor. His pastor uh, 
uh, Pastor Mersach, who was actually, I was named after him, Abraham Mersach, who was a pioneer here in our city. He said, Armando, being a 24-year-old young man, uh, there are no congregations, no churches in Fairhaven. Mm. I feel that you are the man mm -hmm. that can uh, plant the church there and yeah. be a blessing to the community. So he planted the church and uh, tough times. I would say, mm -hmm. uh, as I think about my childhood and my dad, what he had to the front when we first started, uh, never forget that. There was a time in which he, he made it to the church on, the, on a Sunday morning, ready to open the church. And that time when you have a small congregation, the pastor does a lot of things. He drives a bus. All he, of it. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> so, so he comes and he, to find that the front door had four bullet holes on it. Oh. Uh, another day he looks across the street and we had our old school bus. And uh, it was uh, all the glasses were broken, the cables cut and. He said, you know, it seems like we're not necessarily welcomed in the community. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But he said, you know what? God has brought us here for some reason. Mm -hmm. And we're going to stay here in obedience to the call. Wow. So my dad then uh, continued. He planted the church starting in the storefront. And the Lord blessed him uh, throughout the years where he had a heart for the missions. Uh, went out to different countries, over 56 countries, planted wow. churches. And wow. in the community, uh, really share with us what it was for the church to be irrelevant and visible outside of the four walls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, there's something that I appreciate from him, it's just that, that, uh, you know, sometimes we're looked at as a church that's within the four walls, singing their songs and so forth. But no, uh, we are light and, and, and we need to be that precisely in the salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. And, and by definition is not, does not have anything to do with a building. Mm. Right. So you all you all embrace that from the beginning of planting that church. That is beautiful. I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, now, quick question. Can you tell me the name of the church and the location that your father started? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my, uh, the church that my, uh, the Lord uh, used my dad to plant was on, on Grand Avenue, okay. pretty well North Street here yeah. on the corner of Grand and Haven Street. Uh -huh. uh, start, started with about six people uh, in about six months. It was a place that accommodated about 15 Within a few months, it grew. Wow. They moved across the street to the corner of James and Grand Avenue. Okay. Where for about a year, it grew. They went to another location, which is the place that I indicated to you that the door was riddled with holes. Mm -hmm. Stayed there for about two, three years. God was prospering. Uh, uh, the church quite a bit. Uh, and eventually, they built a church on what's called uh, 185 Chapel Street. Mm -hmm. The name of the church now is Radiant Star Jacob. I'm not, I'm not pastoring that church. I'm actually in East Haven up. Uh, uh, planting a church called Grace Fellowship Church, yeah. Espanol, okay. uh, for, for the community here. Beautiful. Now, is that English or Spanish, the church you're pastoring? Yeah, the, uh, in the morning times, uh, I'm part of a church that has an English and Spanish ministry. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, pastor Dave, uh, our senior pastor, he pastors the English ministry. And three years ago, the Lord called my wife and I to plant the Spanish ministry wow. uh, in the Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. So you're in the process right now. The the church that you're planting in in East Haven, that one is you, you're still growing. That it has not have it has it opened yet? Yes, yes. We uh, we actually began uh, two months before the pandemic. Oh, oh <laughs> great timing! God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? <laughs> I was just about to say, humor. so it, we started on January 5th, and it was interesting that for two months we were doing church, and after that we were forced to go uh, virtual and. Uh, Nevertheless, they didn't stop us. You know, mm -hmm. if anything, it was able to, to let us know this is what church is about. In the midst of pandemic, we're mm -hmm. helping folks trying to educate our people 
uh, about COVID and so forth. And uh, our church really became a, a church without walls at the time. Right. But now we're back and we're just uh, back in the business, right back in the building which is it's it's amazing because so many churches were closing mm -hmm. because of the the difficulties of the pandemic and churches were falling away you were growing a church <laughs> so there's blessing yes. right much blessing now <laughs> now what motivated you to carry on your father's like mm -hmm. legacy because he has a big legacy what motivated mm -hmm. you well you know my dad always told us the following he says you know uh the calling doesn't have to do with with something that's inherited. Okay. Mm -hmm. Calling has to do with God. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's not like uh, a father who has a bodega, a grocery store, and he passes it on to his son, and his son passes it on to the next son, to the second, third generation. It has to do with God calling mm -hmm. you. I never anticipated myself uh, being a pastor, hmm. but uh, when, the when the Lord calls and he pulls at you, we want to hear you about that pulling. We want to hear about that part, right? Yeah, you, can, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I said, Lord, I'm going to fight. You know, obviously, I'm saying you got to confirm. And uh, he and he did so. But all of that was birthed from me. I, I worked. I had the blessing of working 20 years as the general manager of a, of a Spanish Christian station. It was called Amor 690, mm -hmm. Radio Love. Oh, okay. 690. The theme was unifying the family. Mm. Ironically, nice. uh uh, I came out of college and the Lord called me into ministry. I was ready to go and make, make money. I was poor after five years of study. Uh -huh. God says, you're not going to go, you're not going to go into the business world. You're going to manage the station. Right. And, uh, those were great years. Uh, I saw my dad speaking about legacy. I always saw my dad serve God with love, mm. gladness mm -hmm. with joyfulness. Mm -hmm. I never saw him frustrated. And that is what, if anything, marked me. I said, wow, my dad enjoys ministry. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that always caught my attention. So here I am. I'm, I'm a kid. I graduated from Southern Connecticut State University. My bachelor's. I'm going to go make some money. <laughs> Lord said, no, there's a radio station that was just purchased two years prior uh, and didn't have a manager. Uh, you went to school to study management. Why don't you put your gifts and your talents mm -hmm. in my hand? Mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. Don't you love that question? Why don't you? hard to come up with a, a response other than yes lord <laughs> yeah you're right yeah wow. and uh what we were able to do in, in the station was not just bring the message from a pulpit to the radio mm -hmm. but think about the holistic development of our communities nice. mm -hmm. something in my heart something in my mind uh because too often we find ourselves the church is looked at upon that all they want to do is just preach to me mm-hmm mm-hmm not know me, and, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Not meet me at my needs mm -hmm. and 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 our and, and our daily challenges. So when I started in the radio station, uh, I felt in my heart that we want to think about not just the spiritual development of everyone, but also the daily life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we started working on the program to talk about issues that aren't spoken about at the church pulpit. We started talking about our kids' education. Yes. We started thinking about marriage and relationships. We talking, started talking about uh, 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 kids who have their parents in prison. Mm -hmm. And we started revolutionizing the airwaves, it being the only Hispanic Christian station in the state. Wow. And we started seeing folks from prison just write letters and say, listen, yes. you know, no one visits me, but you are the only visit that I have. Mm -hmm. And I captured that from my dad that he always 
cared about folks in the community. It wasn't about standing behind a pulpit. Mm -hmm. But as John Wesley says, you know, the world is my parish. Mm. Making right. our communities my parish. That's and right. uh, that, that, that fire kind of kindled in my heart when I, when I joined the, the radio ministry, and it's been with me since then. So you were about how old at this point when you started the, the working at the radio station and managing the radio station? Yeah, I was a mere 24 years old. Wow, uh, yeah. Interesting is when I feel that calling, I called my dad one time, and I, there was times I would say, I want to speak to you as a friend, I want to speak to you as my dad, as my pastor. The first time I told him, I, I want to speak to you as a, as the president of the radio station, he says, as the president. <laughs> he was the president founder. And I told him, I don't, I don't know what the heck is happening to me, but I'm feeling a strong inclination, a heavy burden for radio. I know nothing about radio. Wow. I'm going crazy what it is. And he says, you know what, this is your calling. And he's saying, well, you know, uh, ministry can sometimes be challenging. You got a student loan you got to pay. Uh, we got to pray because your mom's going to ask some questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he talked to my mom, I messed, my mom said, you know what? If, if, if God's put it in his heart, who am I to repeat that? Mm -hmm. And we started this journey. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Quick question. How low were you when you gave your life to Christ? You know what? Uh, I had my experience. I, I thank God I can say I've never went out and I've never been outside of church. Obviously, as a young man, I had my challenges. I had my, my stumbles, my falls. Mm -hmm. But my dad says that at the age of nine, uh, he gets home one day and he tells my mom, he says, did you see Abraham today? He says, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's my son. Well, no, but when you went up to the altar, when I when I did the altar call, and she says, well, not really. She says, well, he was there weeping. Mm. But really weeping profusely. Uh, that day was the day I had an encounter with God. That was the day in which I said, you know, God, I just want to surrender my life to you, and I want to live for you. Uh, mm. So uh say that at that age, nine years old, that's when I had my moment with, with the Lord. Oh, absolutely. Man, it is beautiful. Is it is good. absolutely beautiful. Now, you've worked on a lot of initiatives uh, to give the Latino uh, community a voice, not only in Connecticut, but out nationally. You want to talk about some of those? Yeah, let me share with you a little of the genesis of this because it's crazy. It's mm -hmm. okay. I got a front and God, there's no coincidence. There's God incidents. That's right. Uh, I am at the radio station. There's a young man, a Jewish kid, coming in with the yarmulke. Mm -hmm. A few times within two or three weeks, I'm like, "What's this Jewish kid coming in here for?" So, on a given day, I'm managing the station, and he happens to come down. He's, he says, "Abraham, what are you doing?" And I said, "Well, I guess he knows my name." He was coming to speak with the president up in his office, but that, that day he stopped to ask me. So I said, well, um, I don't know. At that time, I had my BlackBerry. I took my BlackBerry out. Uh, I BlackBerry. <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, so uh, he said, well, Yale University is celebrating this 300-year year anniversary at Yale Ball. The community is going out there. Uh, I would like you to go. I said, sure, I got nothing to do tonight. So I went, and I never forget this scene. Right across the street, there's an open field grass. And there were hundreds of folks there. I stood by the fence. I like to observe things. And I was just observing. And for the first time in my life, I saw on the stage the priest of, uh, of the Catholic Church, African-American clergy, Anglo clergy, Latino clergy, and a whole host of folks with gray shirts that said, hope, not fear. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, here I am observing this. And they were speaking about social justice. For the first time, uh, 
the church, the Hispanic Evangelical Church, got engaged in the city in social justice. The mindset that was brought to our churches or, or to our countries by the missionaries when they brought the gospel was, you got to make it to heaven and everything else is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So we were absent from the community's cries and challenges. Mm -hmm. Something on that day broke where the church for the, the Hispanic church for the first time said, you know what? Silence is no longer an option. That's we right. got to stand in for mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So at that time, local 34 and 35, the unions were saying, we want the community to come out and support us. On that day, on the drive back home, there was a school bus and from Fairhaven, and there were a busload of folks that went. And the story that we heard the following week was this, for the following weeks. Did you hear what happened in the school bus that the Catholics and the evangelicals were driving together? And they were singing hymns that they didn't know that each other knew on the way <laughs> Beautiful. The walls came crashing down. Yes. And yes. we, you know what? We have to collaborate, come together with regardless of the faith and be a voice for the voiceless. Mm -hmm. That snowballed into basically what I'm doing now that the Lord, by his infinite mercy, has allowed me to become the executive director of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. Yeah. Wow. That is engaged in grassroots organizing and mobilizing the church for different uh, initiatives and efforts and causes in the country. Now, how many, sorry, G, no. how many churches are you over? Well, NHLC uh, uh, represents over 45,000 Hispanic evangelical 45, churches. Across 000. what, what um, space? Is that national? Is that, t tell us more about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's in the, in the U.S. and includes the island of Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, that's throughout the country. Those multi-denominational mm -hmm. uh, churches, non-denominational churches, mm -hmm. uh, from throughout the country. Uh, right now, we have what they call chapters uh, that in 27 states. We're praying to God that by the end of next year, we reach the 50 states. Mm. The churches are have stated, you know what? We don't care about our theological or dogmatic mm -hmm. differences. We need to become one voice. And, and become that voice for the voiceless. Can I ask? And when did you when did you take leadership of of this um, the organization? Well, uh, I joined the organization back in 2012. Yeah, uh, I just became the executive director in September of 2021. Wow, very uh, recent. Yes, something totally unexpected because I was doing the grassroots organizing what they call as a national chapter director. I was going mm -hmm. to states and meeting with pastors. And saying if we don't get together now, if we don't get together the two. And uh, I would love doing that work, being in the field with the pastors and saying, this is what the Lord has been doing in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what it's doing in other states in Northeast. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're doing a great joy. It's a very good season. We're enjoying it. Wow. Can love you it. tell the audience what the, what the mission of the organization, what does the collective want to do? Um, what do you want the people to know about the work? Well, the NACLC, uh, our vision is uh, is somewhat simple. Uh, you and I drive, we see a cross, we think religion. We don't know if it's Episcopalian, Methodist, mm -hmm. Baptist, Catholic, or so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We know it's a church. The cross has two parts, a vertical and horizontal. We consider that the vertical part of the cross is what we call John 3.16, reconciling man with the Creator. Mm -hmm. But the horizontal, the cross also has an horizontal. And we call that Matthew 25, mm -hmm. which is for us to care for those who are in need, to mm -hmm. cover those who are naked, visit those who are in prison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what the NECLC says is that the cross is strongest where at its nexus, where it intersects. Mm -hmm. 
why can't we as the church do both? Advance the kingdom, but be a brother's keeper. Yes. The way we message is the Billy Graham message with Dr. Martin Luther King's prophetic activism. Mm -hmm. So throughout the country, we're trying to send that message to the church and say, listen, it's time for us to raise our voices, mm -hmm. to fight for mm -hmm. families, for kids, for education, mm -hmm. and whatever other issues that our organization right. and communities ch uh, face as far as challenges. That That's is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Now, NHCL, say exactly what it means again. What does it stand for? Yeah, NHCLC means National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. Wow, beautiful. okay. Beautiful. We just want to make sure that's on the screen yes. and we want people yes. to see that. That's beautiful. We want to uh, make sure. Um, quick question. What are you working on now? Um, right now, uh, Derek, I can share a little as to what we're doing in, in certain states in Connecticut. Uh, I'll share just a little history. Okay. Uh, we were trying to we're trying to fight for education equity. Mm -hmm. um, our Latino kids are underperforming. Uh, you got parents who crossed the Rio Grande who came from other countries, like my parents, who says, "I want to come to the U.S. so my kids can have a good future." Okay. But our kid education, to a certain point, is is failing them. Uh, our kids cross the desert to make it here. But they don't have the resources in many cases for them to excel. Mm -hmm. uh, we also find that uh, through our three directives, we advocate for different issues that are very important for us as, as a church. One is life, but it's from the womb to the tomb. Mm -hmm. Womb uh, to the tomb. When, 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 the, when, when, when our people are born, uh, we've got to take care. We've got to be our brother's keepers. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as religious liberties, that's our second directive. You know, it's hard to mention the name of Christ, as sad as it is, on the public realm. Yeah. Um, and we recognize that that's that's what has us standing, our faith. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps us going, knowing that the Lord is with us and that we shall not want. Mm -hmm. So uh, our third directive is, is biblical justice. Mm -hmm. uh, there, as I mentioned, we have education uh, equity that we advocate for. We have immigration. Uh, in some of our states, our churches have championed uh, licenses for immigrants uh, and also advocated for some of their needs. We also have something that's called compassion evangelism. Mm -hmm. uh, Way of Hope is one of the first five phone calls the White House makes in the national in some type of disaster. They go out to communities. They're there within 24 hours. And never forget Hurricane Sandy, Anderson Cooper, and CNN. Within 24 hours, it was up here in the Northeast and saying, how is it that Convoy of Hope is here so fast with a couple of 18 wheelers full of supplies to help the people? And they said, we knew it was coming and we wanted to be ready to serve our community. Mm -hmm. So those are just some of the things that we're doing right. um, for us to be able to be a blessing to all those who are, who are in need. I love that. Can you, just for, for the people that are listening, talk a little bit more about what biblical justice is it's not everyone that's listening will that will resonate with right off the off the bat so tell people what that means biblical justice yes yeah, so biblical justice and i once again was part of a social justice movement uh in which i'm proud of we we're able to succeed in a lot of things but biblical justice is, is justice for people but through the biblical lenses mm -hmm. we have a biblical worldview I'm not divorced from my faith. My faith goes with me everywhere mm -hmm. I go. I wake up in the morning faith. I walk in faith. And I go to sleep uh, holding on to my faith. Mm -hmm. So 
the church, when we say of biblical justice, is saying, what does the scriptures tell us about helping mm -hmm. those who are in need? Mm -hmm. It's part of our DNA. In the, in, the Old in the New Testament, we see the book of Acts, folks speak about the revival and the Holy Spirit came. But there was a time when the apostles who had that experience, they said, time out. We were called to do John 3.16, but the complete gospel is also the vertical. Mm -hmm. So we need to get deacons, men of integrity, so they can take care of the widow of the orphans. Mm -hmm. That is the full gospel. Mm -hmm. And that is outside of the church, right? That's out. That's church outside of the four walls that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There was a dear friend, Dr. Shirley Best from uh, uh, Waterbury. One time she asked me this question and it, sh it, it shook me. She says, Pastor Hernandez, I got a question for you. Sure. She says, if your church were to close the doors, would the community miss you? Mm. Oh, wow. Man. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That was a good question. And I said, you know what? That makes a whole lot of sense. That's right. We're just not made to, to sing songs, which is, yes, a part of our, of our life. But we're here to help those who are lost. That's right. Mm. Whether they're your members or not, right? This is, this is for it. the community. That's right. Yeah, regardless. That was a great question. You and... You started speaking and Gigi just started, whoo, she got into it. You got into it. She got into it. I was like, whoa, that was good. Um, tell me a myth about your job that people have wrong because you're over 45,000 churches members. Mm -hmm. Tell me a myth that people, you think, you know, people think it's all good, but it's, it's a myth. What would it be? You know what? I think that one of the myths uh, are, and, and we hear this at times, uh, the church the church doesn't vote. Ah. The first, the church just cares about what's happening with the parishioners, and that's it. Okay. Uh, this is what I try and share with clergy around the country. If we remain separated, uh, that's okay. That's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, others will do what we've been called to do. But if we come together, we can make an impact. Wow, yeah. I like that. Too often, there. Well, let me go back to scripture. For every king in scriptures, there was a prophet. And when the kings consulted the prophets, the people were glad. We created a myth that there's a separation of church and state, and the church should not get engaged. Mm -hmm. But if we look at this country, you go to go to downtown New Haven. And, and Connecticut, the New England has a lot of downtowns. If you do a full 360, and if we're taken to the downtown, we do a 360, we're going to find something in every single downtown. We're going to find a church. Mm -hmm. Churches were planted. Communities were developed around it. The bell rang. Either folks went on horseback or they went walking. They went to church and went back home. Mm -hmm. Church was a center of society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when they said separation of church and state, some of us said, Okay, then we got to be relinquished to just those who come to us. But you have to pick one or the other, right? You have to choose a lane. If I go to church, I don't, I don't involve with, I don't involve myself with politics. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, so that's what folks, mm -hmm. I guess, the mindset that they created. Then I can't get involved in politics. Mm -hmm. but the thing is that the Bible says that God puts and takes away kings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We as a church are not. I'm not a politician. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a prophet. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. But 
our leaders, as in the Bible days, the kings needed the prophets to give them direction. A lot of our leaders need the church for that wisdom and knowledge, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for direction. I've had the blessing of being able to be an advisor to quite a few uh, legislators in Connecticut. Our president, Pastor Sam Rodriguez, he's been part of the Faith Advisory Council for George W. Bush, President Obama, to President Trump. Mm -hmm. There was times in which he was criticized. He says, but listen, I'm not here to be a politician. I'm mm -hmm. here to speak prophetically into the hearts mm -hmm. so that our nation can head in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So that's a myth. I think that, uh, but we're starting to dispel that. The church is recognizing that if you want to exercise a prophetic voice, we do it through the vote. Mm -hmm. wow. Beautiful. Wow, that, that they're strengthening that. Absolutely. Well, listen, I haven't been to church today, but I feel like I'm at church right now. <laughs> I'm put my ties and offering right well, here in this cup. <laughs> well, you can. This is my second go round, and I don't yes, mind. She doesn't. She doesn't miss one Sunday. No, I don't. So, Pastor Hernandez, quick question. Tell us a funny story that your family uh, tells about you because you got siblings now. Now, all siblings have stories to tell about their siblings. So tell us a funny story. Well, you know, you know, what's funny is, is, is uh, going back to what he said, uh, God has a good sense of humor. Uh, I'm five out of six kids. When I was born, uh, my mom says that I didn't speak to the age of three. Mm. Huh. I used to speak like this. <laughs> I used to point to things. Oh. That was the noise that would come out of my mouth. Wow. And she says that suddenly at the age of three, I started speaking. <laughs> now, this is a kid who didn't speak. And God ends up calling me to be the manager of a radio station. <laughs> ah. Sense of humor. The biggest <laughs> megaphone in, in, in the state. And then now he calls me to be a pastor. Oh, man. Like, wow. Okay. That is really interesting that is it's funny like we said god has a sense of humor <laughs> i like that. so they used to call me el mudo in other words the mute the mute el mudo <laughs> my wife says honey you're talking just a little too much okay i'll be quiet <laughs> so are you one of those pastors that you know you say i just need five more minutes 10 more minutes 15 is that you <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not those pastors who say five minutes and then five people raise. Okay, that's five, ten, fifty, twenty. <laughs> that's not I you. like that one. <laughs> I'm about to close. I'm about, I'm about to close. Well, and just say how many doors are there before he closes them off. If no, that's I, not I, you, I, you're I, a special I, pastor because I haven't met the one yet that doesn't take Nick five turn into twenty. <laughs> I tell you this: there's an elderly pastor. He said this one time. He says, "If a pastor preaches from thirty to thirty-five minutes." He knows what he's saying. Mm -hmm. If he preaches from 35 to 50 minutes, he says what he knows. Mm -hmm. If he ah. preaches more than that, he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I like that one. Because uh, as I'm looking at you right now, I'm also looking at that clock. In about 10 minutes, I'm going to be like this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. I'm just messing with you. I'm just, GG, GG, I'm just messing with you. I just know messing. you're messing because I'll get at him. She, she will I'll get, get at, at me. <laughs> So this is open dialogue part. So I want you to tell people which uh, uh, any books you're selling, anything you got, whatever you want to speak about. This is your opportunity to tell Events us. Events that people need to yes. attend to. Where do you want people to come and, the name, and show did, up? Did you say the name of your church and, and the location oh. and all that? We want all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our church, uh, Grace Fellowship Church, Espanola, is, is uh, it's Tinny Saban 234 Co-Avenue. Uh, we just purchased this property for, uh, about three years ago. 
uh, from our Catholic friends that were gracious enough to sell it to us. Uh, but I would say this, uh, while the world is, is, is convulsing because there's so much going on, uh, I think that we're living some great times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, the church is primed to make an impact like never before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a generation, I know we hear sometimes, oh, these kids nowadays. But you know what? I think that these kids with, with, with this technology mm-hmm. are going to reach and do many more things. That's right. Than it's an amazing uh, time we're in because of this. Mm-hmm. Innovation. Uh, I was in Rhode Island a couple of days ago and I heard a pastor preaching to say, God, I pray that you give us apostles of TikTok, of Instagram. And I'm like, hold Why on not? a second. <laughs> so what you're doing through this podcast, you're reaching the potential reaching millions is it's just tools that, that the Apostle Paul folks and men in the Bible had it. They would say, I wish we'd had these right. tools. And you just prophesied over us because you said we're going to reach millions. Thank you. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Are we yeah. receive it yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. We receive Amen. it. Thank you. <laughs> these, are, these are the ways to reach the masses. Yes. So regardless of what Wall Street says um, or whatever is happening around us, I think that we got to look at got, uh, look at these days as if the best days are, bef- are, are before us. That's right. Uh, we've been working hard, um, plowing the land, plowing the soil, mm-hmm. but we believe that there will be the harvest. Lord has mm-hmm. given us a time of harvest mm-hmm. pretty soon. Us. Yeah. We're just ready, ready, and ready for that. I There's a book that, that I, my boss, uh, Pastor Sam Rodriguez, wrote, um, and I'm, I'm going to reach over here. Absolutely. For a yeah, Take your time. It's fine. We're just joking with you. Take your time. All right. Uh, persevere with power. All right. Can you just hold that up? Keep it yeah, right on the screen. We want every we want everyone to see that. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Samuel Rodriguez. Perfect. Uh-huh. Perfect. Uh, Pastor Sam wrote this book precisely speaking about that. Okay. About Elijah and Elijah. He was plowing the land. Was I just talking about Elijah just and Elijah? Give it to me, give it to me. That's that's one of my she favorite just, stories in the Bible. She yes. Just spoke about it. <laughs> and Elijah came by him with the mantle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Touched them. The, the young man just let go of the plow mm-hmm. and he went after the anointing. Yes. A double portion. <laughs> yes. GG. <laughs> and, and, and this next generation, I think it's, it's a calling for us that what are we going to, what legacy are we going to pass to this next it. generation? I love it. Yes. You know, I, tell, I, I tell our church, our church leaders, and said, listen, you know, and you come into a role, the first thing I want you to think about is who am I going to pass the mantle to? Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to prepare that's coming Legacy. behind Legacy, that's right. I mm-hmm. like that. And, and that's when I believe that, that we are generation. Mm-hmm. We've got to eventually just pass the baton. Let's not criticize the next gen. Let's just bless them. Yeah, bless I, them. A- that's right. I love that. This was, listen, honestly, sincerely, I just want to thank you for coming on. This was a great interview. This Gee, was a did you wonderful, enjoy it? I really did. I'm I hoping really you enjoyed did. yourself because we want to have you back. Uh, it will be an honor for me to come back. Oh, this was amazing. Now, before we end, my partner has three questions she has to ask you. Now, listen, if it was up to Gigi, we'd be up here for another five hours. That's not true. Come on. <laughs> Here's three important questions, and we're hoping you'll get it right so you can come back. Yes. This is actually your ticket to ride. So the question, it's really, it's one question, you get three answers. Your favorite three podcasts. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. So the floor is yours, Pastor. 
We listening. Number listen. one, your favorite of all time is obviously. Listen, Jazzy conversations to me. I'm a fan. I sub I subscribe. He <laughs> <laughs> said I subscribe. I like. It. <laughs> uh, I've seen a couple of podcasts already. Oh, <laughs> you guys got good stuff. Oh, and you know you. what? To me, uh, TD Jakes is my brother, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, next to him all the time. He doesn't miss. Uh, I, I don't miss it. Cause that's that word that that that, that inspires me also. Mm -hmm. There's the pastor also, uh, Pastor Doug Clay from from Missouri, who's got a great podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is just just the way. Now I don't folks don't have many CDs. Just connect your cell phone to your car and you're listening to your podcast as you're driving. Have mm -hmm. a good time. Mm -hmm. This was listen seriously. This was amazing. Yes. This interview, Gigi and I didn't know who you are. We never seen you. We never met you. But sitting here for me, I went to church today. I know Gigi went <laughs> twice, but but I enjoyed myself, and we will have you back. Yes. Pastor Hernandez, respectfully, we thank you for coming. Thank On behalf you. of Jazzy Conversations with Teef and Gigi, I'm Teef. And I'm Gigi. Have a great day. Take yes, care, Pastor. Yes, be blessed. Thank you so much. Blessings. Oh, Teef. That was really another good one. If this was one to me. I'm so glad that we were introduced to him because Absolutely. the work that he's doing is so critical. This idea that you, you have to do the work, do God's work outside of the church. Hey, gee, this seriously, this is our conversation on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Did you feel how humble he was? Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to fill him out. I'm listening. And I know you, but I'm like, well, I like this guy. Listen, 45,000 churches that he sits over as a part of this organization. So very humble and, and a servant. And he prophesied. First person to prophesy over us. Listen, he said, I like millions said. of people That's will right. be listening to you guys. In the name of Jesus hey, Christ, I receive it. Go ahead and do it. I know you're going to do he it. He will Pete. work it out. God <laughs> will work it out. You're crazy. You've been dying to do that. I love this guy. <laughs> Next week, we have another great show. Please yes. tune in. Please subscribe. Yes. Give us a thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Jazzy Conversations. I'm Teef. And I'm Gigi. Have a great night. Take care.